everyone. Welcome to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn, and I'm sitting here with my husband and also my co-host, Travis. Yeah, I'm here, and we're so glad that you guys are tuning in. It's just fun, Dawn, to be able to hang out with everyone every week, but also to get a chance to sit here with you and to talk about love and life marriage and everything in between, and especially Jesus. We love to talk about Jesus. Well, today is extra special because we actually took the last couple weeks off from this podcast. We were able to go and share with multiple groups of people. I know, Travis, you got to share with some college students just a few weeks back. And then we we both shared to a a group of parents, you know, separate times. And then just this last weekend, we were up, you know, in North Dakota and we got to share at a marriage conference. So just been so fun to be with other people, but now we're back. We can focus 100% on this podcast and uh, love what we were able to do, but it's so fun to be here with you guys Yeah, lots of speaking opportunities. Really enjoyed the marriage conference, um, but every single one of those opportunities to speak was great, and we're just so glad to be back. We are. Back in the saddle, doing what we love to do most. Well, you know what, though? This last week, something that we did was so fun. So out of the ordinary, we got to watch two little people. When I say little people, I say almost a three-year-old and a seven-month-old for what, five five nights, I think? Five nights, oh, yeah, great. six days. Six days. My daughter and her husband went away kind of on an anniversary trip and they said, hey, uh, mom and dad, can you watch our girls? And we're like, absolutely. <laughs> like, why would we ever say no to that? So it was so much fun. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're thinking by now, wait a second, why are they talking so much about themselves at the beginning of every episode of their podcast? A so part of it is we're just people. We're humans. Yep. Normal, uh, we're, everyday people. We're not machines. <laughs> and, and we just want to get to know you guys. And we want you guys to get to know us and sharing about how we get to hang out with our granddaughters for that uh, five nights, six days. Man, that's just part of how we roll yeah, and what is, we're yep. doing in life. But we're crazy active and love to you know be going and doing things, but, but really just enjoying the people that God has placed in our right. lives. It's funny because as much as we love being with our granddaughters, man, it's an incredible week. It really made me 100% even more so respect working mom and dads, people who go to work every day and they're raising these two, you know, families, these little human beings along the way. Cause it was tough. Some of those mornings we would get up and I would feed the girls and get them all ready, comb their hair, brush their teeth, get the better. And then, you know, the nanny came and then I had to go work a full day, like a completely full day and come back and uh, you know, feed them again, <laughs> you know, bathe them and hang out with them. It was just made them our ready week for super busy, but I'm like, bed. I want to enjoy every single one of these moments, but we were working. So if you are a working mom and dad and you have little people in your house, good job. Way to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. You are just rock stars in all that you do. And you probably yes. need to be told that more often, but man, you guys have a tough job. It's a really tough job. Of course, we respect moms that stay home as well. But man, those that work, just there's just so much going on. Really, uh, raising kids all the way across is a big responsibility. So lots of respect for you mom and dads out there. Well, on to the point of this episode. About a week and a half ago, we were on our way or planning to go to this marriage conference that we were speaking at in Minot, North Dakota. And we suddenly realized that there was this epic snowstorm 
moving in that area. Like a big one. Yes. 13 inches. Yes. Wow. And it wasn't just a winter storm watch. It was a winter storm warning. And so every day it, it felt like it was building, like the, uh, the accumulations of the snow was getting greater and greater. So we had to make sure that we were going to leave at the right time. Again, Minot, North Dakota, people are like, well, why don't you just cancel? Or, you know, maybe they'll cancel. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. These are North Dakotans. They don't cancel anything. They will not cancel Yeah, they know conference. how they know how to live. Yeah, they do. 12 they, months out of the year. They know how to drive in the snow. And plus, we were just excited to go and be a part. So we watched, like I said, we were watching the weather and we saw this little pocket. So, And we were talking with the pastor and with the, also with just the other people at the church that were helping put in this conference. And so we decided that we were going to drive pretty much like four or five hours just straight west. And then we would make our way up there. Yeah. And the whole point or the idea behind what we were doing, I mean, it's like a seven, eight hour drive. And so we wanted to drive, you know, yes, during this winter storm warning, that's going to dump 13 inches of snow. But we wanted to put ourselves as close to the edge of that storm, but not drive in it and then spend the night and then let the 13 inches fall. And then the next day we'd get up and we would drive to, um, you know, this conference that we were going to speak at. Yes. And that winter storm. Storm warning was going to be over at 5 a.m. So we thought, oh, we'll just wait till the storm warning is over. And then nine o'clock, we'll go ahead and make our way up. So we stopped in this town for the night. And honestly, the drive there, the four or five hours there was great. The roads were still really, really good. They were just a little bit wet from the rain. And so we stayed in Jamestown, North Dakota, and we were in a really nice hotel. And right next to our hotel was a TJ Maxx. And so TJ Maxx is a clothing store that I like. And I'm like, man, we have the whole night. I know we're going to go over our stuff that we're speaking on. Yeah, preparing yeah. for the conference. Grab some supper. But we have a couple hours to spend. So we even worked out in the hotel. But I'm like, hey. I would love to go into that TJ Maxx. So we went and got a bite to eat, enjoyed ourselves, kind of relaxed, but again, just trying to mentally prepare. And then we fulfilled your wish, Don. We went to TJ Maxx and then something crazy went down. Yeah, it's funny. At TJ yeah, Maxx. Yeah, something that was very unexpected. I know you found like one or two shirts and I found a shirt and then an outfit for one of my granddaughters. And so I went up to pay for my my clothes and I handed him a $50 bill and this $50 bill I had in my wallet for just, you know, a couple um, weeks because it was left over from our trip to Texas. And so I was like excited. I kind of had saved this money for something. I'm like, oh, I don't need this shirt, but I have this extra money, so I'm going to pay for it. Well, I gave the gal at the register this $50 bill. And she ran it through the special machine. Yeah, like a machine I've never seen no, before. Yeah. I think it's new, new technology or something. And then she you know, walked away and then she walked to the cash register next to her and she ran that same $50 bill through this machine. And then she came back and she called her manager over. Yeah. And, and her face kept getting, you know, a little more contorted every time. (laughs) Like she didn't understand. Well, she called her manager over and he did the same thing. He took my $50 bill and he put it through this machine and he went and did it to another machine. And he came back. He's like, Hey, we can't take this $50 bill. And I'm like, why? Why? He's like, (laughs) he's like, cause we think it could be counterfeit. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not passing this test from this machine. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I remember looking at you, I'm like, wait, this is left over from our trip. We got this $50 bill from Wells Fargo, our bank here in the city. I'm like, this came straight from a bank. This is not a counterfeit $50 bill. There is no way. I go, 
And so I just looked at him like, really? So you can't take my money? You were stunned, weren't you? I was. You were like, I remember looking at the shock on your face, like, they're not going to take my money. And I was stunned. I wish I had a video of my face because I'm thinking, wait a second, I just went out on a date, out to eat, and to go shopping with a criminal. Oh, my yeah, wife is a, a criminal. Thanks She's so trying to pass off a You're $50 so counterfeit oh, bill. No, don't even say that. <laughs> That's funny. I honestly, I was in shock. So I gave him, you know, just my debit card and they ran it and, and I, it's funny they accepted that but but the rest of the night it just it freaked my brain out like it did. i kept talking about it i can't believe they didn't take like this isn't counterfeit we got this from wells fargo there's no way this could be counterfeit we we work jobs yeah. we we get real money from real banks right. apparently not though but we we think we do and it's funny because even throughout the rest of the night i was going over my material and then i would look at you i'm like I can't believe that happened. How did that happen? I'm I'm not a counterfeit. Like, why didn't they take my money? And I was super offended that they didn't take my money. It was a new experience. It I think was. that's Something the thing. Something has never happened to me before. I'm like, we, we've never had that happen. No, never. And I, so I asked the lady actually at the TJ Maxx, I'm like, has this happened before? She's like, yeah, it's happened a couple of times. But anyways, it just messed up my brain for that night. Cause I'm like, I'm not a counterfeit, but I kept feeling like I was a counterfeit because they refused. They wouldn't take that money. And they had this look like maybe this is counterfeit for real. Yeah. And when you say you, you, you like kind of felt like, you know, you were a counterfeit or you were like, Hey, I'm not, you, you're, you're just talking about fraud. Like you're not trying to portray that you're one thing and really you're another, right, like yeah. you're an honest person with right. an honest $50 bill. Yeah. And maybe their machine went bad. Maybe we did get a bad one from the bank. I don't I, know. No, I don't know. But, you know, I had it when I went back to the hotel and I was just thinking about it more. And even the next couple of days, I actually had to look up the word counterfeit in the, in the dictionary. I'm like, what does this mean? If they think I'm a counterfeit, like, what does it mean? And the definition for is this made in an exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud mm, wow with the intention to deceive or defraud so i didn't necessarily care about them thinking that that money that that 50 dollars bill i didn't care you know if that was counterfeit i didn't want them to think i was counterfeit like <laughs> that yeah. i was trying to deceive them or defraud them in any way and it just tortured my brain so much so that what did we do the next morning i was like travis this is not a counterfeit $50 bill. I know it's not. I can see the little string in there. I hold, held it up to I a know. light. I know. It looked so real. Yeah. There's no way it was counterfeit. Not at all. Not so even a I'm chance. Like, you know what? I have to make sure that this isn't counterfeit. So we went to another store and it passed the test. It, it was did. fine. They took the $50 bill. It wasn't counterfeit. It really was their machine. Yeah. Is what it, it was the machine that this TJ Maxx had been using that wasn't working properly that made me feel like <laughs> I was a criminal. It would have been funny if you had been handcuffed though that would have been like all the way to the edge no, of them putting you in the back of a squad <laughs> no. car and then they realize it's a real $50 anyway just kidding but it was it was intense and weird weird well it was nice to know that this other store took my my money my $50 bill and I just knew that you know the machine that they were using wasn't working properly because I actually felt justified in that moment and I felt not guilty I felt like I had a, a clean slate. But the reason I tell you guys that story again, because it kind of messed with my brain for a while. We shared that at the conference even. Um, but how many times do we do that in life with people or even our spouses? We prejudge someone or maybe we misjudge someone or maybe we hear the wrong information or misinterpret the wrong information and we accuse them of something that isn't even true. Kind of like they, you know, that they thought that was counterfeit. So 
in turn, I felt like I was a counterfeit, that I was a fraud. Um, how many times do we just jump to conclusions without getting all the facts? Yeah, we, we do that constantly. In fact, it's uh, maybe human nature, but it's certainly a part of our culture, every culture around the world. There are many cultures where people just judge others do, and yeah. jump to conclusions. I was reading a book today by Jamie uh, Kern Lima, yeah. and she was talking about how it's never right to judge other people because you don't know their story. Right, yeah. You don't know what's going through their mind at that moment. You don't know what's happening. And so we should allow uh, judgment to be reserved fully, yeah. totally by God. And I think this is super important in marriage. Like, how do we make sure that we're not prejudging our spouses or thinking something of them that isn't accurate? And I, like you said, I think we just, we don't, we shouldn't jump to conclusions. We need to get all the facts before making a judgment. Ultimately, honestly, we just need to give our spouses the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, I just need to be like, nope, I trust you. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I don't know how all the, all the facts. I'm just going to fully believe in you. Well, I found a study. It's called uh, the Journal of Happiness Study. And researchers found that people who gave others the benefit of the doubt all the time were actually happier compared to the participants who always blamed others. People who only sometimes gave others the benefit of the doubt were also happier as long as they put enough value on relationships and belonging in their lives. So you know what? The study suggests that giving people the benefit of the doubt is a practice to improve our relationships and our well-being, assuming others have good intentions, particularly the people we already know and love will make the world seem like a friendlier place. <laughs> like, I love this whole study. I love that they, the, you know, the benefits of giving people that benefit of the doubt, you just become happier. Yeah. And I think the big thing uh, that, that this study is pointing to, towards, and again, it's Journal of Happiness study, but I, I think, it, you know, it's saying, look, they become happier. They're suspending judgment. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. But the thing that it's not saying, but it's still pointing to, it's good communication. I mean, good listening, good talking, uh, asking good questions, drill down questions, instead of freaking out and losing your mind on your spouse right. and just saying, Hey, what's going on? It looks like things are a little bit tough for you right, right yeah. now, yeah. you know, and not, not judging or accusing. And I think that's really important. I, I have a supervisor who said to me once, he said, when my um, team members, my employees that answer to me, when they do things that are, you know, off the wall and not anything I would have, you know, told them they should do or, or would want them to do. They just kind of did something on their own and kind of goofed up. He says, instead of accusing them, he comes to them and says, Hey, how have I failed you? Like, hmm, did I mom. fail you? Did I do something that maybe misled you? And so he almost like takes responsibility for something they maybe have done just so he can also get to the bottom right, of no, that makes what's sense. going on. You know, when I think back to that TJ Maxx moment, Travis, I'm so thankful that in that moment that you knew my character and that you didn't doubt me. If you would have like looked at me and like, oh yeah, she is guilty. Or like if in any way I would have felt like there was guilt coming from you that you didn't believe me, it would have just crushed me in the moment. Maybe if you would have said, hey, maybe you are counterfeit and doubted me in any Anyway, that would have been horrible for our relationship. Um, or if you would have judged me, I would have just been devastated. But I know that you know the true me. You know that I would never do anything like that ever. I mean, I to to pass a counterfeit bill, but I would never even I wouldn't even know how to do that. Yeah. But I would have been devastated. I think the worst thing you've ever done is maybe baked 
chocolate chip cookies without the chocolate chips. No. Like <laughs> nothing bad at all. You're just a rule follower. You're not somebody who's going to try to do something wrong. And yeah. uh, so, of course, I absolutely do not doubt your character or integrity on any level. And it's great because honestly, I feel like coming from you in that moment and just in general, um, it talks about making sure that you're giving your your spouse the benefit of the doubt, but it shares this the most in first Corinthians 13, seven, it just explains this the best. And it says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So true love hopes all things that you, true love gives your spouse the benefit of the doubt. And we need that. We need that in our marriages, especially during moments where it's high stress yeah. or high pressure or the kids are driving us crazy or maybe we haven't had that time to bust away from the family and just have our alone time and really connect and bond. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, things things can be going off the rails and that's the moment we need to take the deep breath. And to suspend judgment and to really right. not judge, not jump to conclusions. Yeah, and I think maybe we need to just dig a little bit deeper of what, into what you said. So in those moments where it's stressful or you're you're wondering, how do we give our spouses the benefit of the doubt? And I, like you said a, a little bit ago, like communication, but the first thing is don't jump to conclusions. Get the facts as to what and why something happened. So know the story, what happened before, what happened after. Just make sure that you get all of the facts. Yeah. And I think part of not jumping to conclusions is keep your emotions in check, right? Because if you jump to conclusions, your emotions just want to jump out. Yes. Yeah. And and then your emotions attack your spouse. Mm -hmm. So I love that you pointed out, Don, to not jump to conclusions. The second thing that we would encourage you is put yourself in their shoes. If all of a sudden there's this tension point and you're wondering what is going on with your spouse and you want to judge them, you got to stop and say, well, what are they experiencing right now? And how are they feeling? I mean, what would you want them to think about you in their same right, situation? Yes. Go, right. oh my gosh. I mean, there were, there were times, Don, where you'd be gone for a night and you'd come home and I had the kids and all hell broke loose while you were gone and the place was a mess. But there was some reasons right. of maybe why that took place. Another way to give your spouse the benefit of the doubt is just to consider their character and their past behavior or patterns. If it's something they've never done before in the past, they probably haven't done that in the future. Travis, I've never given a fraudulent $50 bill. So why in that moment would you ever think that I decided, <laughs> hey, I'm going to just make all these $50 bills and give them. Right. It's not consistent yeah. with your character. No, not yeah, at all. Yeah. And I think part of what we're talking about is metacognition. I was sitting in church the other day and it just hit me, metacognition. I'm like, is that a concept? Is that a word? I looked it up and sure enough, it is. It's the idea of thinking about your thoughts on a large scale, like, like um, you know, in, in a meta kind of larger scale sort of way. And so I never think of you as a dishonest person oh, or you. a you know, person who's going to try to cheat or steal or whatever, uh, my thoughts about you consistently on a regular basis are good because right, yeah. you are a, a great person, a great spouse. And so, yeah, man, just considering uh, their character. And the last thing would be think about all the positive things in your spouse. Like, man, just value them, be grateful. And in that moment where you want to, you know, let your emotions be out of control and jump to conclusions, just stop and go, but wait, what do they bring to the table that I am not recognizing and I need to right now in this moment? And I think that's really important if you're in a place where you can't get all the facts or all the details. Let's say you're not able to have that that uh, conversation with your spouse. 
Think about all the positive things in your spouse at that moment. So then it will help you not jump to those conclusions. Ultimately, you just have to extend trust to your spouse. That's what giving the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, you've earned this trust and I'm going to extend this trust to you. Yeah. Well, you know, there are a lot of marriages that are out there right now that are listening, Don, to this episode, to this podcast that are struggling, that are discouraged, maybe individuals that are discouraged. So we just wanted to remind you guys, as you listen to this and the sound of our voices, God loves you. God is with you in your pain. You are not alone. Oh man, just be praying and seeking God and giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt. Don't give up on your marriage. Fight for your marriage. It's worth it. Man, evil and the enemy will tell you to just push the divorce button, jump ship, uh, yell mutiny, get out of there. And you know what? The honest to God truth is that real love, strong love is going to last. It's going to make it. You've got what it takes. Keep fighting. You know, one of the things I love the most about this podcast is that we can just look at our everyday life and see the things that happen and how it relates to marriage. And then we're able to learn so many life lessons just every day and just encourage you guys with that. So hopefully that's what this podcast did to you in the moment of, you know, me and TJ Maxx getting this <laughs> this sweat, just beating on my brow, yes. thinking I'm going to go to jail and this $50. But hey, I'm so grateful that I have a spouse who gave me the benefit of the doubt, trust me and knows that I am not a criminal. But with that, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.